Nessa Hutchinson, uh, the Vice President of the Australian Child Care Alliance and also herself the owner of a child care centre. And I've uh, certainly met Nessa on a number of occasions and been to her child care centre, which is brilliantly run, I've got to tell you, and she's on the line right now. Nessa, many thanks for your time. Good to talk to you again, Ross. Okay, I want to go first up. If, say for example, the child care fees, which we know is going to happen, are going to be basically somehow subsidised by a future Labor government, then I would have thought that you will provide the care and service that you do currently, but that would mean that you could technically know that parents can afford more and you could put up your prices. Is that fair or not? Look, it's a, it's a fair enough technical call, but it's not what's happened in the past and it's not what the vast majority of providers are going to do. Okay, so Nessa, you and I both know that in many areas, the price of childcare has not gone down. It's gone up significantly. And every family has to make a decision, an individual decision, mm. as to whether a second spouse will go out to work, mainly because they're going to work out the cost of the childcare. And so Absolutely. as a result, there are pressures on your organisation for rising costs, which is why fees have continued to rise. So if there are subsidies handed out, how is it that that money you think is going to end up in cheaper fees for, for families of Australia? What's made prices rise over the last five to ten years hasn't been increased subsidies. It's been the implementation of the National Quality Framework, which was originally proposed by Labor with the idea that they would be subsidising it. Um, and it, we always knew that the introduction of this National Quality Framework with more educators required, with higher qualifications and, and a whole lot more to ensure that children who were in early education were getting high quality care, we always knew that would cost money. Um, and that's, that's what's happened. It hasn't been about providers gouging families. Um, having said that, of course, there are exceptions to the rule, just as there were providers who were rotting the system and, and all of the, the peak bodies worked with the government to stamp that out. Yeah, there are some unscrupulous providers occasionally, very small numbers, though. Because what you would not want to see, Nessa, I mean, you, your people, and I, you know, as I said, I've been to your childcare yeah. centre, it's professionally run, it's well run, the kids are looked after, all that type of thing. And you've been in this for a long, long time. What you would yeah. not want to see is more fly-by-nighters turn up, as we've seen in the past, with ABC Learning Absolutely as one classic not. example, and, and being, no, being no, no, encouraged no. by the subsidies being handed out by a government. No, absolutely not. And and Ross, you know that I'm I work with my community. My kids are were they're they're a little bit older now, but my kids were there. We we lived and worked with the community, which is what eighty five percent of approved providers do. They're local mums and dads who have one or two centres and they work within their community. And you know, my my parents know that I didn't make my car payment this month mm. because I'm you know, because I'm I'm keeping my fees as well as I can. And that's what is the case for most providers. So the idea of gouging the families that you're hoping will be with you for three to five years and if they have another child beyond that and they'll refer you to other families in the area, it'd be, you know, economic suicide to go gouging those families for a short-term gain. But you're right. There are, you know, there are fly-by-nighters and no one wants that. That's not in the best interest of kids. It's not in the best interest 
of our economy. So then take me to the childcare workers themselves. And Bill Shorten says these people are underpaid and that the government should find some way to be able to direct other taxpayers' money towards them. Is that necessary, do you believe? Or is it a case where the market is what the market is? If a person doesn't want to be a childcare worker, if they want to find a more lucrative area where maybe there is a, a shortage of skills, they could be directed that way. I mean, it is a, a vocation, not a calling, I would have thought, Nessa. Yeah, look, there's there's those arguments, and there are there are both sides to this argument. And you're right. If you don't want to to be paid those wages, there are a billion other industries you can enter. However, if we're looking at the long term economic outcome, and we we look at you know Professor Heckman, the the uh, economist from the states. We can look at, if you're going to go with a purely economic mercenary point of view, that investment in early childhood brings about a better economic outcome than investment in any other stage of life. Now, if that's the case, then surely we want to be putting the money up front and attracting the best possible educators we can for our children so that they're starting school strong and moving ahead and changing the trajectories of those underprivileged kids. But here's another interesting thing here, Nessa, because that sort of policy surely means that those people who are well capitalised and who can attract mm. those staff and who can then bring in, you know, sort of those services without necessarily charging the, the parents an arm and a leg to make the childcare affordable, the problem is that puts enormous pressure on the mums and dads who are running childcare centres in the local community um, to actually compete with them. It makes it more difficult. The higher the hurdles are for the childcare, the more difficult and more expensive if it becomes. Absolutely. And that's where we are very keen to talk to the the Labor Party about how they're going to fund this because, you know, some families are, are wondering, well, and they, they know us, so they know, and, and year on year, net profits for childcare services have been decreasing. Not, a, you know, not for everybody. There are some stock-listed companies that are doing really well. But across the board, it's it's basically decreasing. So even the union would say there is no capacity to pay within the sector for increased fees, and they do. So if it's if it's not the sector, if it's not the mum and dad operators who can absorb these increases in wages, it either has to be the government or it has to be families who pay for that. And there are families out there knowing the operators kind of going, well, Hold on a sec. If the fees go, if the wages go up, and we know that's eighty-five percent of your outgoings, well, fees are going to go up, mm. um, and they're a bit nervous. So we're very, very keen to keep talking with the ALP about how they think they're going to fund this. And I, I heard you saying earlier, you know, it it's going to come out of our other taxpayer funds. Is it the right priority? I work in early childhood, so of course I think it's the right priority, but. You know, uh, but I also I heard uh, you know the soundbite of our prime minister saying, "Well, what about hairdressers?" Uh, as much as I love a good haircut, and I would be very happy for the government to subsidise the cost of keeping me blonde, um, I, I really it's it's not the same contributor to the economy that early childhood investment is. So it, it's about looking at the long-term goals uh, of, of where we want our society to be 5, 10, 15 years from now. I'll tell you what, it's always good to have in the program. Nessa Hutchison, as I say, is the Vice President of the Australian Child Child Care Alliance, but also the owner and operator of her own child care centre, and it's a very good one. Uh, and that's the reason why she is a very 
very instructive person to talk to about this. And Nessa, I appreciate your time on the program here this evening. Anytime at all.